Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to the WP Builds podcast yet again. This is episode 68 entitled Generate Press Sites is going to speed up your site building with Tom Osborne and Paul Lacey. It was published on the 22nd of March 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.com, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Today in the discussion section, right at the start, we're going to be talking about how to find enthusiasm in our work. You know, those times when you're feeling a little bit low and where do you go to encourage yourself and keep yourself going? After that, we'll be talking to Tom Osborne and Paul Lacey about Generate Press Sites, um, I'll talk about that in just a moment. And finally, I'm going to talk about the memcached vulnerability, which was exposed a few weeks ago online. It's very short, um, little ending fact about the craziness that that has caused. Please go to wpbuilds.com and find the episode that you like and click on the buttons below. Um, we always like a, an iTunes review. Five stars is very, very commendable. Thank you very much indeed. Appreciated. If you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, I should say, Facegroup, ooh, good idea for a domain name, you can join our Facebook group. If you go to forward slash subscribe, you can get yourself on our newsletter, which we try to keep, um, you know, to the point and not too spammy, and forward slash advertise if you'd like to advertise on the network. Now, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash win at the moment, you've got a chance to win one of three lifetime licenses for Wallace in line for Beaver Builder. Bradley Kirby was on the podcast a few months ago, probably now, talking about the inline editor that he'd created for Beaver Builder. He's giving away three lifetime licenses, so if you fancy doing that and you're a Beaver Builder user and you fancy editing on the actual spot where your text is positioned, go there. It's going to be different from the version um, that Beaver Builder ship with more granular permissions uh, based around user access and all of that kind of stuff. And finally, the folks over at MainWP have offered us a 25% discount on their licenses, any of them, including the lifetime one. Um, I don't know that this code is going anywhere else, so please use it. The offer code that you use at the checkout is WPBUILDS, all capital, no spaces, and it should get you 25% off. So we would thank them very dearly for doing that for us. Um, and I know that some of you have taken us up on that offer and are using it as, as of now. So brilliant. Okay, we'll go over to Tom now and Paul Lacey talking about the new initiative they've got, Generate Press Sites, which uh, hopefully, if you're a Generate Press user or have been thinking about it, it's a top quality WordPress theme. We would encourage you to go over there and download the free version and play with it and have a look at some of the new stuff which is going to be coming online. I don't think it's out there just yet on the date that this podcast was released. But Generate Press Sites is something that Tom and Paul have been doing to speed up your workflow. So please settle back and enjoy that a little bit later. And now I'll hand you over to David Wormsley and I so that we can natter at you for about 20 minutes or so. Thanks very much for listening, as always. Much appreciated. And today's topic is how to find enthusiasm in our work. So I think Nathan and I have talked a little bit about 
productiveness and efficiency and motivation. So this one we're talking about, and I had to look this up, what enthusiasm means. It means intense and eager enjoyment. So how we get that in our work, oh, Nathan? good grief. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's it's a really interesting topic. I, I'm, I'm, I think on the whole, I'm quite an enthusiastic person. Um, I mm. think I've got a bit of, you know, get up and go and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but then I suppose this question is also begging the opposite, isn't it? You know, what is it yeah. that um, what is it that kills enthusiasm or destroys our confidence or whatever? Mm. Um, but very simply, having discussed this with you before we got on the uh, the recording, I think for me, enthusiasm comes from um, well, there's a number of reasons, but one of the first ones is something new. Uh, if, mm. if a task is something that I've never done before and it's not too frightening, you know, if it's not um, some task that I know is going to be fraught with problems, but if it's something reasonably new, um, mm. I like that challenge. And I know you're the same, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. John, I was just saying, wasn't I? There was a great thing. People can look this up. There's a TED talk by Daniel Pink called Drive. And it's worth looking at because it just says about what motivates us in our work. And it really is about learning, mm. um, you know, more than financial rewards. Yeah, I think that's the word, isn't it? Um, rather than new, it's learning. Um, yeah. And I, I, actually, I do kind of, if something is terribly difficult, you know, and I can see that, that actually stymies me. That really sort of puts the brakes on me and makes me sort of lock up a bit. Um, and I, I get a bit of fear about doing something which is, you know, very new and I have to learn a lot. It's not often these days that that happens in my work life. Um, so, yeah, something something where there's a, a challenge, I've got to learn something and it's new. I find that stuff tremendously enjoyable. And to be honest with you, I would say that anybody that's working on the web and building yeah. websites, that, that must be, I would have thought, a, a criteria because because it's constantly changing. Um, you know, it's one of the things that when I say what I do to people, they sort of, you know, they say, but do you ever, do you ever like feel you've got it? And you say, well, no, it's constantly changing. And what was, what was correct last year is largely incorrect this year. Yeah. Do you think actually, cause we didn't discuss how we were laying this out. So maybe do you think we could be saying what actually sort of gets us enthusiastic? And then there's the obvious counterpart to it that kind of is the opposite which is doing mundane stuff i guess yes so that has always been a feature of my life actually um that repetitive tasks which switch me off i would say much more than most normal people it really is a feature of my life and, and a thing that i need to get a hold of i would say if, if something becomes a little bit uh, repetitive monotonous i quickly find something else to do um, which can be quite damaging in terms of the business. You know, there's an awful lot of stuff in my life apart from websites and this podcast, you know, kids and house and DIY and family and all of that kind of stuff. And and if, if the task in front of me at work is repetitive and monotonous, I very quickly find other things in life to do, like paint a shelf or, you know, go and sit down with the kids, that sort of thing, which... 
um, I would imagine is not the mark of a successful person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, you know what, there's um, the mundane that really gets me as well. One thing that frustrates me or kills the enthusiasm is the when stuff go wrong unexpectedly. And mm. sometimes it's, it's a weird thing because there's like a, a loop almost because when when you're under pressure or something, and I guess this is worse if you're under financial pressure, but something goes wrong on the project and it takes more time to get it done and you didn't expect to have to spend that time. It's really, really frustrating. But then on other occasions, something that goes wrong and you learn something from it becomes the, one of the biggest joys because you've just overcome and, and you've been given this challenge, which you've you've managed. Yeah, that, that the moment at the end when it's all finished is just a tremendous, I really like that feeling. You know, I am I am visibly buoyant. Um, everybody around me can sort of see the difference in my personality, you know, whereas if things are going wrong, you sort of, I close in a little bit and become it's probably less communicative. But also I'm, um, oh, what's the word? I, I can, I can, I can do things, um, to the exclusion of all others, you know, if something really has got my fancy, I can I can block everything else out and kind of ignore the real world and just hunker down and spend hours and have to be told to get off the computer. I, I, <laughs> that's the case for a lot of us as well. Yes. I can get really enthusiastic take- about utterly ridiculous things and just carry on for ages. Do you take these problems to, to sleep with you? Um... I would say no, but I think the reality is yes, I probably do. <laughs> I can worry about certain things. Um, yeah. So an example might be when a site um, goes down and I don't know why, uh, yeah. or like a white screen of death or something along those lines, That and, and I know that I can't fix it now because I'm too exhausted. That sort of stuff really can panic me tremendously because I, I feel that I'm letting people down. Um, mm. Whereas I've certainly met other people who just say, look, I'll just fix it tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. What about <laughs> you? Do you worry about yeah, stuff? I, yeah. So, well, not, not so much worry, I guess, but I, I do find that if I got a problem, uh, I take it to, to bed with me and mm. it, it goes. It, I feel when I get up in the morning like that's all I've dreamt. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure it's not the case. But yeah, yeah. Do, do you lose? Um, I mean, one of the things that comes into my mind is the fact that I host websites. Mm. That can be a killer um, yeah. in terms of sleep because things can go wrong at any time of the day or night, and if it goes wrong just before you're turning in to bed, you do yeah. you either fix it or you go to bed and worry. Um, yes. and sometimes things are not so easy to fix. So it, yeah, th- those kind of things can, can, um, can get to me and, and cause me to have far less enthusiasm. Where, where else do you find enthusiasm then? Well, for me, I, you know, I keep talking to my wife about how blessed I feel we are because of the ex, I get really excited about the freedom that this job gives us, you know, Wonderful. I can work when I like most of the time. And I've set it up to try and keep that as best as I can and where I like. And this is just, I, I, honestly, I get so excited every so often. It, I sound like a fool, really. But I cannot yeah. believe I wander around with a laptop, which is my work, my TV, my music center, library, university, telephone, social meetings, place, everything. It's all of these things. And, you know, 
we're both from the same small sort of town area, aren't we? Yeah. And, you know, I, I grew up in the 80s. So this just seems still amazing to me. Mm. It and is amazing. It is, it is absolutely amazing. And, and it's, it's so easy for me to say these words and for everybody to listen to these words. But when you actually think about this little tiny object... Yeah. And the fact that it's connected to other similar tiny little objects and it can be your career. And in your case, it can be your um, your career yeah, in a completely different part of the world each week. And, in, and, yeah. and here we are using those little tiny objects to to create a podcast, which is distributed to anybody who would like to listen to it. It's phenomenal. Isn't it just? And it's just what keeps making me think. I just don't want to be doing anything else in my life mm. but this, you know. Mm. Um, and that's yeah, that's a real prime one for me. Just this miracle. So <laughs> this, yeah. So you you get enthusiasm just from the, the the reality that you're you're able to do this. Yeah, we are very very lucky. Mm. Um, I completely agree. Yeah, that's 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 a wonderful thought. So where else do you get enthusiasm from? Um, particular people or is the reverse true possibly do do certain people curb your enthusiasm um for reasons that we might go into uh, a little bit later is there any particular people who make you excited and enthusiastic Mm. well (laughs) this is going to sound terrible i I love uh, the the fact that i don't have to deal with people at least i deal with them on my own terms i mean i am lucky that i've got somebody mostly dealing with the client and i do the looking after the site more the sort of technical end of it so yeah so my joy is the fact that actually i only choose the company of the people i like and the work isn't so much connected with it which wasn't the case when i was an employee yeah i I think that that is so powerful because Mm. um the flip side is obviously true you know the, the people that you sometimes have to deal with in this job can really destroy your enthusiasm you know mm. if you've got a very helpful client who's just a nice person let's say that can mm. really turn a, a difficult project one that you know might keep you awake at night into a pleasure because yes. they're thoughtful they're helpful they understand the roadblocks and they realize that you're not their employee that you're you know somebody that's working um perhaps on an hourly rate or something like that but they're not there to yell at you when things go wrong Um, but the opposite is of course true um that when you get somebody who has all those characteristics and treats you like a a poor employee and gets quite cross on the phone because things haven't worked out exactly as they wanted it, it it makes things take 10 times longer have you in the days when you were dealing more with clients did you ever notice that in yourself that you would maybe deliberately or subconsciously drag your heels because of the nature of the interaction with the, the client? Yes. Mm. I, you know what? I mean, I've, <laughs> I found the ones, I mean, I still do do some work, you know, when I'm talking to the client, but I, I think it's my fault, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the, the way I've been going recently has made it easier where I say, look, we work together and, you know, we work in a set time and stuff like that. It kind of makes it a lot of a sort of shared experience rather than before where I used to try and <laughs> this is another one of my things that curbs my enthusiasm is setting goals, which I was talking to you about before. If I set a goal for myself, it's like a prison. And I used to do that to clients, you know, want them to be clear about what we're doing up front. 
And that made me quite inflexible. Mm. So when they were wanting to change my mind, I used to get really annoyed because they weren't playing my game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, this is it. This is our brief. And, uh, but, you know, so I changed a lot on that. That's, uh, and that's made me get more enthusiastic about working with clients because I feel that if they share the responsibility for what we can get done in a day and they understand that, we work more as partners. It's almost impossible, though, to to cultivate that relationship really in a way isn't it because it does it does to some extent come down to their their personality and the way that they're used to treating people um in adversity or people who are if you like their employees and you can get i've had some seriously um nice people who didn't really need to be nice and i've had people who ought to have been nice and everything would point to the fact that they were going to be nice that just didn't work out between us uh, but yeah. it, it definitely changes um, my enthusiasm and dare I say it, you know, your um, kind of desire to get on with the next part of, of what needs doing, you know, yeah, that, and- that shelf, that shelf and its painting sure becomes attractive when, <laughs> uh, when you know, this particular client is uh, knocking on the door. Yeah. Amazing. Can, can you share what you told me earlier about, you know, the one client that you had? Oh, yeah. Obviously naming no names. Mm-hmm. Um, a period of time ago, shall we say, um, I had a client who, and I'd probably done about 90% of the website and, and I got a phone call and it was, it was sort of out the blue, um, didn't really expect it. And for some, I really genuinely don't know what was going on. And I put the phone down afterwards and I, I actually thought, I wonder what's going on in their life that they did that. Uh, because basically they just got on the phone and kind of more or less yelled, um, that, you know, this deadline had been missed and this deadline had been missed and, you know, it wasn't what they'd expected. And and I generously pointed out that all of the deadlines had been missed because of their own employees mm-hmm. um, not giving me things. Anyway, uh, because this tirade carried on, I um, I just said, look, we're 90% through it, but what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all your money back and I don't want anything to do with this project anymore. And... It was transformational. The, mm. the, the, that aggression just left and all, of, all that was left was kind of a much meeker person. I think I, I had tried not to be confrontational. You know, I just explained, look, do you know what? If you're going to shout at me, this is, this, we can't be doing it this way. Um, and, and, and it was all fine from that moment on. I think they just needed a bit of a reality check. I, I think maybe there was stuff going on in their life, but also I think maybe this is the way they behaved with their own employees. Yeah. Um, and I actually, that one sentence, I put a lot on the line actually. And if I'd thought it through, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it again because there was a lot at stake and I get, I've tossed a coin, you know, cause that could have gone quite badly for me. Um, yeah. it worked. I was very lucky that strategy worked. Um, it wasn't even a strategy. It was a reaction to get this person off the phone really, and to yes. restore some normality in my life. But I, I wouldn't advise doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, I think that links onto one of the biggest killers of enthusiasm when you're up against it, particularly with it's the finances of stuff, you know, if, if money's getting a little bit tight and you really need to keep the clients that you've got on, you're really under pressure, aren't you, to, yes. uh, you know, to kind of go their way with stuff that you might not want to. And if you've not got that, you know, 
uh, I mean, that's the fortunate thing about my decision to go off. I don't need to make much money because I'm living somewhere uh, cheaply, which mm. is maybe may a lot bolder and mm. maybe happier, more enthusiastic. Because I just I do turn down a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, I, I completely agree that the financial pressure um, can be crippling you know, sometimes to your, your your sort of enthusiasm, you know, you just sort of have to get on with the jobs that you need to, um, sometimes just to just to make ends meet. I'll tell you one of the things that I find um, has been a bit of a thing in the past, and sort of opening myself up a bit here, but um, I, I have in the past been quite good at measuring myself against other people and judging myself um, not to be as good. <laughs> you know, so... Again, mentioning no names, you might look, but and that's the thing. We're all on the internet. You know, the internet is full of people, maybe pretending to be successful and happy. Maybe they are successful and happy, but I, I, I have fallen into that trap in the past of looking at this successful person online and sort of measuring myself against them and thinking yeah. I need to do more of that. And and in some senses, that can drive my enthusiasm and make me want to do more. But in, in other situations, it just makes you think, oh, God, I'm really not amounting to very much. <laughs> you know, we, we talked, didn't we, earlier about that? And there's a lot of similarities between you and I on this because, you know, well, now I think maybe both of us feel comfortable. I do. But, I you know, I felt in my 30s that I always was judging myself against people who were more successful in their careers mm. where I was sort of mm. moving from one thing to another all over the place. And now... Somehow, you know, as time's gone on, it just feels like, well, that, that was I've been lucky because I've just done things as I wanted to do them and always have, you know. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it, it really comes down to perceptions of what success is and whether you yeah. can uh, step out of the, I don't know, whether it's money or fame or whatever it might be or the size of your house or whatever you're judging. If you can step yeah. out of that and measure your success enthusiasm if you like against something much more basic like you know do you have free time are you enjoying the moments uh, in life yeah. where you're not working and so on and it, it i think all of us all of us have had those thoughts but i think it's it's ve i think it's quite hard to constantly be like that um it's certainly in the in the, the country in which i live you know there's constant pressures to to mm. keep keep finances especially keep those going um mm. and so you might not be judging yourself against them but you have to have those as thoughts in your head a little bit but yeah you're right you shouldn't be judging yourself against this person or that person and it's astonishing how late humans get to this i mean some people mm. presumably make these great decisions at a very very early age but you know Whilst I was never, ever one to go in search of lots and lots of money, um, yeah. it wasn't until, like you, you were a certain age where you, you actually become calmer about these things and realise there's no point in measuring myself against all these other people that I don't know. And I think the internet contributes to that problem, um, especially in the days of mobile phones and things where it's so easy to be to be shown all the time. And I really do mean all the time what mm. success is, you know, mm. there's the man in front of the, I mean, it, it's a stupid example. We all know it's ridiculous, but there's the man it, leaning against his sports car with the private mm. jet in the background. I mean, 
obviously that's ridiculous, but those kind of messages are constantly being sent out, aren't they? And and they're not very helpful often. Yeah, and I, but I think in some ways they do. They have an appeal for people. You know, it's the same as. Um, Oh gosh, this is going to tell sound really bad. But you know, there's always been that thing with lottery winners. So people who play the lottery and that generally are known to be the people who need money the most in society. Mm. And and typically, if they win it, they are the the quickest to lose that money as well. So it, it's it's often you know you're looking for the wrong solution a lot of the time when you're looking at the money. And I think those adverts sort of appeal to people who have got themselves caught up on the wrong thing really yes yes they do i'm sure there's a lot of that you know um I, you know the people who want the car are obviously and the jet mm. are going to be mm. the people who respond to those adverts whereas somebody like me sees it very cynically as good grief is that real um yeah but yeah enthusiasm it comes from all sorts of different directions and i, I think basically for me it comes mm. from doing something new um yeah and and also doing something I do get motivated by the moral of the project, if you know what I mean. You know, so if it's um, like a a shoe shop or something, I'm going to be less enthusiastic <laughs> than, let's say, it was uh, a, a charity, for example. The nature of the actual build itself can can contribute to my enthusiasm. Yes. There was a couple of other things that I just thought of, really. One, well, one we mentioned, actually, we were talking earlier about the autonomy aspect and being able to see the results of something you produce, which is, you know, what a lot of people don't have in their workplaces. If they work in an office in part of a department, they really don't understand what they do and how it relates to the whole, where mm -hmm. we get to control that a lot of the time, don't we? We see the results of what we've done, yeah, which I think is essential, but... Sorry, there was another point. What was it? So that autonomy, but also, yeah, it's that helping people. You just mentioned it. Mm. I, I just reminded there was somebody on one of the Facebook groups who were mentioning that they thought their father was coming to the end of his life. Oh, yes, uh, yes. And he, he was, his father's main thing was, had he helped enough people in his life? Mm. And I think, I think, it's it's difficult perhaps in web design to do that, but if you feel you can help people in their businesses in some form or another with your your websites, I think that's I think that's an important thing to get enthusiasm, isn't it? You do you do find there's like these philanthropic pushes, isn't there? Almost like website mm. sprints, where mm. a bunch of people, rather like you and I, will sort of all congregate online in at one time. And there'll be a, a project that needs doing. So, you know, it might be a, a particular charity in a particular area. But the idea is to get the site up and running for free just because it's yes. a good thing to do. I've never actually been involved in that. But I think I think that would be a nice way to restore your your imbalance of enthusiasm, if you know what I mean. You do something. I mean, it's an old trope, isn't it? But it's one that I think is true, is that the more you give ultimately probably the more happy you will be although it's not yes. easy sometimes to behave like that or to see that you know i'm giving all this time um, yes i'm not getting anything paid for it but nice <laughs> things happen um, but it yes. might not be right away and it might not in any way be connected that you can see yes and i felt it in some projects actually there's some people and there's one that some work that's coming to us soon by somebody who's trusted someone else. They built this site on Wix and they do his SEO and he's, it's, and it seems to be falling off mm. SERPs. 
rapidly. I'm so motivated to try and, you know, do the, the job for him and make it work and help his business in some mm. way, you know, because mm. of that. And I, I love the fact that there might be that possibility to help somebody. Yeah. 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 So there you go. And sort of like human nature stuff really is what enthe- it gives us enthusiasm. Something new, something meaningful, something moral, something of importance. Or something blue. Yeah, that's it. You've got it in a in a word. It's blue. That's what that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, we should we've done 25 minutes, Dave. This is not this is not good. It's too long. Okay. Uh, we should stop right now yes. and go to the interview, I think. Indeed. Hi there, guys. Welcome to another episode of the WP Builds podcast. This week, we are talking to two people who actually, oddly, we've had on as individuals in the past. So we've got Tom Osborne from uh, Generate Press, who we had on, I think, probably about June or something in 2017. And Paul Lacey, who we had on um, kind of a similar time, perhaps just a little bit before Tom was on, to be honest, last year in 2017. And the reason that we've got them both on together is because they've, they've, they've kind of collaborated on something. Uh, which I think is really cool, really new and interesting. It's got to do with Generate Press. So before we get stuck into that, hi, Tom. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hello. We're not going to know which one is which until slightly later. <laughs> um, but the yeah, uh, Tom is the Canadian one and Paul is the English sounding one. So that may, maybe will make things a little bit easier. So yeah. if you don't mind, I'm going to throw this question firstly to Tom, uh, being the sort of founder and the lead developer. I, I, actually, Tom, I don't know if that's still the case. Are you, are you still doing this largely by yourself? Or since we last spoke, have things changed in your setup at Generate Press? Have you got more people on board or is it mainly just you? Um, we have uh, Leo, who does the majority of our support now, mm-hmm. which is kind of good. It, it lets me kind of focus on all the code, but I'm the only coder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's good to know. So if you don't mind, we'll ask the first set of questions to you because you have a new um, thing coming out or out. Who knows by the time this podcast uh, has finally <laughs> aired um, called now I'm going to say it's called Generate Press Sites. I hope I've got that right. Yep. Do you want to tell us yep. um, what what it is? What is Generate Press Sites all about? <clears throat> well, it is basically... Um a way for new users to get kind of a kickstart when they're creating a new website. So right now, when you install Generate Press, if you're kind of a seasoned pro or you kind of know your way around WordPress, it starts off super simple. And then you can kind of create whatever it is you envision. But for a lot of new users who install it, um, I think it's super overwhelming because it's really simple. They might not know exactly um, what it is they're trying to create, they don't know what they want it to look like. So generate press sites are kind of a way to look at some pre-built sites with, you know, four or five pages that have been pre-designed for you. And then you can just go through a few clicks and your site will look like that. And then you can make whatever changes. So it's kind of a, kind of a kickstart for users creating sites. From a, a user's point of view, um, how, how does that work then? Do we do we have new menu items and sort of visual thumbnail representations of what what certain pages will look like, and then we click a like an install button and we wait for the the, the wheel to stop spinning and and boom, it's done. Is that kind of how it's going to work? Exactly. Yeah, you go into the Generate Press dashboard, and there's a there's a new button in there in there called Sites, and you click in there, and you have kind of a 
three columns of um, screenshots of what they look like, and you can preview them, you can navigate around, see which one you really like. And then there's just like a pretty, there's, I think it's two buttons, maybe three buttons. First, it, it does like a backup of your current settings in case you've kind of set some things up and hmm. you regret going through the installation, you can kind of revert back to what you had. Well, and then good. it installs, yeah, and, and then it installs the, the actual theme options, and then you can actually stop there. So if you already have content, you have your about page, your contact page, whatever, then you don't actually have to go the full mile. You can just do the actual theme options, which is you know what your header looks like, what your navigation looks like, stuff like that, and then quit. Or if you're starting completely from scratch and you want to just go in and tweak, you know, I want, if you want to change like what a photo is and what the title is and your content, you can go one step further and install the actual dummy content as well. Should we be of that mindset and we've decided that we're going to um, go for the full Monty, as we say over here, and in, you know, install an entire site? Will it come with the images? My, my experience of these things in the past is sometimes that, that delightful moment is um, sort of disappears when you see there's kind of placeholder um, images with little crosses through them and things like that. How does it work in your setup? Do you, do you, do you use um, royalty-free images that you, can, you, know, you could, could legitimately leave on the site itself? Yes. Yeah. So they're all GPL. They're yep. all um, royalty free. So what you see is what you get once you install it. So you'll look at your site using Generate Press with the black navigation and the white boxes and you'll click a few buttons and you'll go back to your site and it'll look completely different with all the images and everything that you saw when you previewed it. When you mentioned a moment ago about um, taking a backup, um, is there a, a sort of a position in the UI through which once it's installed itself, we can at any moment, let's say a week later, you know, go back to how it was before. Do you, do you keep that somewhere, that little file, whatever it is that you you've decided is the way to do that backup? Can you, can you return to that at any point in time? Well, the actual backup is just of the theme options. For I now. see. Okay. So there is not a way to actually undo the content and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. once it gets installed mm -hmm. yet. I would love to figure out a way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it will happen um, in the coming months. But uh, but for now, it's just the theme options that you can import using the regular theme option import export stuff. Um, people like me, and I think a lot of the people in my community, we're um, we're kind of ardent users of page builders. Um, a notable example that I know both Paul and I use rather a lot is Beaver Builder, and we're kind of used to um, we're kind of used to this idea, uh, you know, because we have things like page templates where you can you can click a button and the that that individual page becomes updated and you can choose to append it or you can um, erase what's there already and overwrite it all um, but that's sort of one page at a time whereas this is tackling the, the more than that it, it's the site typically how many I think you said five what what pages have you sort of settled on as the ones to, to best represent um, a, a, you know a, a brand new website well, it's really up to the kind of website. So, okay. I mean, if it's going to be like a, if it's going to be like an agency, then they'll have a certain set of pages. If it's going to be like a, if it's going to be a store, they're going to have another certain set of pages. So, really, it's up to whoever's creating the site and what they think is most useful for the user when they end up installing it. So, could this? I mean, it sounds a bit silly, but could this? 
um, the sites project imports like a hundred different pages all in one go, uh, or it could just do three or four pages. Yeah, if you have really good hosting, that's not going to time out. Right. It it uses the WordPress importer, which I'm sure yeah most people have used. So, um, if you have a really massive uh, content file, then you know you might run into some timeouts and of stuff course, like that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think we're ever going to run into stuff like that because these are they're, they're very simple. They're very they're meant to save time. So the one thing I don't want to see happen is somebody installing a site and having to undo, mm. you know, fifty percent mm. of the site and take up a few hours of their time. I want it to to kind of save time where you can just go in, switch some things up, and you're done. Is there any? Let, let's say, for example, that um, I've I've built a site and I'm I haven't launched it yet, and I'm halfway through, and I've got my contact page, and I've got my about us page, and I've I've the slog is forward slash contact, you know, things like that. Do, do you um, when you create your new pages, presumably they have slogs um, attached to them. Do you sort of take steps to make sure that my contact page is not overwritten by your contact page and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So the WordPress importer will automatically create a new ID if mm. that ID already exists. Um, and that's where things can get a little finicky with the whole with the whole uh, with the whole thing because um, lots of things save certain IDs. So if you have like a page header that's saved to an ID, there has to be a certain amount of remapping yep. when you import if the ID changes, which I've worked really hard to make very reliable, but it's not completely perfect so the best way to handle generate press sites is on just a fresh installation right that way you're almost guaranteed it's going to be what you see is what you get yep. to it to a point yeah where if you already have it it's not going to get rid of your old pages but things might not be absolutely perfect as what you saw yeah i think that's the the sort of slight misconception with cms's isn't it is that you know you can just just press a button and everything is completely updated and there's ne never going to be any problems. I completely agree. Yeah. Something like this sounds like best to be tried, certainly at the beginning to be tried on, uh, you know, a fresh vanilla install. So mm -hmm. on a sort of technical level, um, if we if we rewind the clock, how long ago was it before you began um, fermenting this idea in your mind? And And also, if you wouldn't mind telling us some of the sort of technical fun that you've had, you know, some of the little technical issues that you've had along the way, getting to the point where it's now ready for, for public use. Um, well, I mean, it's not a new idea. Mm. It's definitely been around for a while. So it's something I've always kind of wanted to do. Um, I think it was back in maybe October of 2017 that I first started kind of laying the groundwork mm -hmm. um, and getting in my head what I wanted it to look like and how I wanted it to actually function. Um, so, and then well, we released it for beta testing maybe about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a, a few months in the making. And from a technical standpoint, it was a lot of fun and really challenging. Oh, cool. um, yeah. I mean, when you're looking at a WordPress theme, it's not the most complicated code and it shouldn't be, it should be quite simple. So kind of moving into this importer where there are just an amazing amount of variables and moving parts, it was super challenging because I want to make it um, as solid as I possibly could. Um, so 
I mean, having to kind of fragment things up to avoid any kind of server issues, because whenever you're downloading files and you're kind of uh, changing database values and stuff like that, you can run into all kinds of database issues and mm. all kinds of server issues mm. if if your hosting isn't great, which it exists. So that was the biggest <laughs> yeah. challenge. Yeah, that was the biggest challenge for sure. It was just trying to make trying to make it as reliable as I possibly could for everybody. So how does that work? Do you do it all in one hit? There's no, you can't kind of do, run half the task and then, you know, wait for wait for a moment and then do the rest of it. You have to do it all in one big dump, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of click a button and it makes a series of Ajax calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll go through one function and then once that function's done, it'll kick off the next function. So I, 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 I tried to fragment it as much as possible mm-hmm. so there's not one massive function being called right away and takes the entire time. It's actually a series of maybe six or seven different right. different things happening, but they're all happening kind of right in front of you as the little spinner goes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fun, basically. It's all, yeah. all good fun. When you, um, when you sort of set about to do this, did you look around for people who'd done something similar before and, you know, WordPress, GPL, were allowed to look inside of others' um, endeavors, shall we say. Did you take the approach that you'd, you'd look at other people's solutions and adapt them or did you go completely, right, I am going to do this from the ground up? No, yeah, for sure. You have to go look at what other people have done because they've learned various lessons that mm. you're going to learn at some point. So there's no point in reinventing the wheel. Mm. Um, luckily, there's lots of stuff out there. One of the main things that that I really enjoyed looking through was a plugin called One Click Demo Import. Hmm. It has like 200,000 active installs on the WordPress repo. Wow. And some of the stuff that they've done in there is really, really cool. And it, it, it really helped me kind of, uh, kind of make things more reliable on my end so you were able to circumvent a little bit of the work which is with well and that's what it's all about isn't it you know that's what what makes cms's open source software really fabulous yeah. to use yeah i'm, I'm pleased yeah. that you said that what was the name of that plugin again i think it's called one 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 click demo import one click demo input yeah if you um if you find that to be the case, I'm going to explore that and probably write it up in the show notes. One click demo input. I'll try and remember that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what I guess one of the questions that's going to be on everybody's minds at this point is um, what's the cost of these um, these wonderful new innovations, these these um, sites that you're you're giving you're giving us the option to install. It's included with GP Premium. Uh, there you go. What a good yep. answer. What a good answer. <laughs> yeah. So basically, so if, it's if, more or less free. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If, if you if you have a valid license key, then uh, you can go right in even now. I think we're on beta three. Yep. So you can install it. You can play with it. Um, in the future, who knows? Maybe we'll be coming out with kind of premium site packs that you can install that'll extend the sites and, you know, certain categories of site packs and and stuff like like that. But for now, I, I really want to build up like a nice little library that's just right there in uh, inside GP Premium. It kind of feels like that model, doesn't it? It, it feels like um, there's, you know, room to grow, see what the community wants to look at, see which ones get downloaded. Um, and it feels like that would be a perfect place to put a little marketplace because, you know, yeah. the free stuff is free. 
But this one over here is $10 or $20 or whatever it is that you set as the price. And I think that's a, I think that's a great way to keep your, um, to keep your endeavors going really, to be honest. I, I think, I think that, that should be thought of very, very much as a, as a, as a plan for the future. Cause nobody's going to mind giving you some cash, Tom, I don't think. <laughs> well, and what's really cool is if you wanted to create a pack of 10 sites that you wanted to sell, you can do that as well. Mm, yeah. So it doesn't only have to be through me or, th- or through Generate Press. It can be through you. It can be through, through Paul. It can be through whoever. Um, there's just a certain process that has to to be followed and of course a certain protocol that that needs to we, we have to look over and make sure quality is good and security is good and stuff like that yeah but but i'm i'm really looking at it as like a, a way for the entire community to kind of become uh to kind of get in on it well and they can provide free sites premium sites whatever you want yeah this seems like a perfect moment to uh bring in the other person who's yet to speak he, he may have gone off somewhere by now we don't know <laughs> paul are you still there Hello. oh yes still here oh, yes yeah, yeah I'm, it's, I'm just listening as if i'm uh, you know listening to the podcast oh well that's normal. yeah that's brilliant good. right well we'll go back to tom then thanks paul for your contribution no we're only joking send the money should, as usual <laughs> yeah i should say i got to know paul quite well of late so uh, we don't mind having a bit of a joke at his expense um so paul tell us what you're on the call for because you've got yourself embroiled in this fantastic project what's your what's your role what have you been up to so i think um I think I was just working one day as usual, and um, and I think I just appeared in some Facebook group, some one of those really cool secret Facebook groups. Ah, yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> and um, I think that's how it was actually. I think uh, I just was pulled into this Facebook group. Um, Tom probably created it, and with a couple of other people. And it turns out that you know um, we're being kind of you know invited to take part in the project and. Um, contribute designs and um you know contribute our opinion and as as users of generate press as well and um and just basically get involved and and help tom push it forward because tom tom kind of will always say you know i'm not a designer and this and this and that the other and actually he's quite good at design i've seen some of the he's some of the ones uh you've done some of them haven't you tom so some of them are yours and um but i think the cool thing about this really is that like tom said the idea of these kind of, um, you know, one-click install sites has been around for quite a while. It's it's been something that's on um, quite a lot of the themes on Theme Forest and stuff mm, like that. Mm. Um, but I do th- I do think the angle is a little bit different. Um, it's probably more similar to the Genesis type angle, um, whereby I think a lot of the ones on Theme Forest and some of the other ones that um, are all about kind of turnkey sites. You know, yep. kind of, uh, if you need a site for a um, a restaurant, uh, you can you can use this one. If you need a site for this, so it's kind of it, those those kind of products to me are more kind of um, useful to the kind of person who comes into the web design industry who isn't a designer, but maybe they know how to sell, they know how to you know do that kind of thing, mm. and they're quite techy and they can. They can set up an agency basically and, and use kind of turnkey products and plumb them together and that kind of thing. And from my perspective, um, with Generate Press sites, it's more a case of what Tom said in terms of initially it's kind of getting the 
the, the first time user who doesn't even know where to start. Um, because if you do look at, you know, Generate Press or, or Genesis, for instance, what it looks like just out the box, it looks like almost nothing. It mm. just looks like a white site with a gray nav bar and, mm. and you know, and, and whereas you can look at one on Theme Forest and it will look really exciting and there's a slider here and there's this going on and there's a video background and all that sort of stuff. But there is a reason why, you know, systems like Generate Press are so popular and successful and it is probably because of the way that the industry is going. I mean, to be honest, if you, if you, you know, for me as a Generate Press user, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a hardcore loyal Generate Press uh, user. Um, I, I know the philosophy of the of the theme. I know it's all about accessibility, performance, simplicity, extendability, and so. And the funny thing now, in terms of you know where Generate Press sits, is that. It doesn't really matter if you are a developer who absolutely loves coding all day, um, or you are a designer who knows no code and you like to use a page builder. The bizarre thing is now that with all the kind of shakeup in the industry, what those two groups of people actually need is kind of the same now. Everybody wants a simple, uh, stable um, frameworks to to build their either page builder sites off or build their kind of totally coded from scratch type sites from. And GeneratePress kind of solves that problem for them. And when you bring in GeneratePress sites, I think that, yeah, they will definitely probably develop some kind of turnkey type sites. But because it's open to the community a bit more um, than the kind of closed shop that you would find on um, theme forest type solutions and those kind of things, um, there will be people contributing who are contributing purely a starter site for a developer or a starter site uh, for this type of person. And it won't just be about um, turnkey websites for industry niches. Mm-hmm. So I don't, know, I, don't, I don't actually remember what the original question was. So. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It was actually really interesting. I got sort of sucked into just listening to what you were saying because in my head, um, it feels like some of the things that you're describing and using the generic word theme for us, but we all know, I think we all know what you're talking about, possibly. Um, we we click buttons and there it is. And it's got the contact form in the correct position and it's got the, um, you know, the, 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 the logos all in and all of the background images. And, and it, it feels with it, all you'd have to do, in a sense, is change some of the lorem and you could be ready to go. Um, yeah. So what's yeah. been what's been the remit for you as a designer for these generate press sites? If I was to take the the contributions that you've made and press the button, what would I see? What maybe you could describe literally what would be imported into um, each of the pages, and and how would it differ from that turnkey site? What what's yeah, yeah. what's missing and yeah. what's different? It's funny because. Um... The remit was extremely strict that Tom laid down for us in that there was absolutely no rules whatsoever. <laughs> I think I think I think Tom did intend to have some rules at some point, but you know, just um, from what I understand he was busy kind of just coding or playing Doing civilization. Yeah. <laughs> how did, how did you know about that? You told me you told That's me in a moment time. of weakness. Yeah. Oh, but is it is it different is. though? Do you have um do you have you're not trying to literally create. I think that what I'm trying to say is mm. the, the the theme forest description is there is your fully functional, ready to yeah. go site. Yeah, sure enough, you might have to hook up a contact form 
and you might have to just tweak the menu items or what have you. But to all intents and purposes, there it is. If you're happy with it and you want it to be very, you know, quite generic, there you go. Um, but it sounds like you're not doing that. You're you're doing something which is, it sounds almost like it's a framework to build on. It's like, here's the scaffolding, here's the general feel of how it might look. Now get in there and finish it off. Yeah, yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, there's, you know, at least six people um, involved uh, helping with the project, mm. and there'll probably be more in the future as well, mm. I imagine. And we've all got a different view on, um, you know, why we, you know, decided to do it. I mean, there was no question, you know, if uh, an opportunity like this comes along, everybody was well up for it, you know. And uh, and honestly, Tom said at the beginning, should I, you know, be looking to pay you guys or and you know, and everyone, everybody unanimously was saying, no way, you know, this is just a great opportunity. We just want to be involved. This, mm. you know, and from my perspective, I didn't know where it's going. I, you know, for me personally, I just knew that this was a really cool thing mm. uh, to create something to, you know, be part of a, of you know, one of the the most um, respected themes um, out in the whole WordPress uh, space, mm. and to actually, you know, be part of kind of helping develop that product and giving something to the community and stuff. And and in terms of what's different. I think that uh, there will be sites that are tanky based, okay. Um, because some people will be thinking like that, you know, especially if they're kind of thinking, you know. So I know some of the people in the group are thinking, you know, maybe one day there will be a marketplace, and this can be my job. You know, I can actually make websites all day, and I can tell you that it's addictive, you know, because uh, compared to client work, which you know I appreciate all the client work, you know, it's what pays my bills, but I uh, very much enjoyed just designing sites, mm. just just with the challenge that other people are going to click and install this, and can they use it for something? Yeah. If they can't use it for something, can they be inspired by it by, for something? And that that was so addictive. Um, I can see why people would you know think they could uh, build, a, build a small industry or a whole kind of small business for themselves around the idea of creating generate press um, sites. Would that, would that be a fair description, Tom, that um, these are as much about um, inspiring as they are? Or, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm trying to um, say here, but you know, one of the outcomes is the site is installed and it's used as is, you know, with slight modifications. But I presume one of the intentions is what Paul just said. You know, you click at it, you click one, load it up, get some good ideas from that one, then load another one, and then load another one, and and each time scribble down some some ideas, and then eventually, you know, pick your favorite and and adapt all the bits and put it all together in that way. Yep, exactly. And I mean, the the really cool thing is you can you can look at one of them, and if you really like it, but the colors aren't right or the navigation position isn't quite what you want. You can install it, go right into the customizer and you can customize it just like you would a yep. blank install. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's what I would want people to do, but at the same time, you can easily use them as just a turnkey website, install it, change the logo, change the lorem and you're good to go. It's kind of uh, there's definitely going to be sites that are more turnkey and there's definitely going to be sites that are more like, this is just, you know, kind of a push it in the right direction and you can take it from here kind of thing. So uh, I think it's going to be kind of both. Yeah. Do, do you, um, 
Do you involve? Do you envisage your role? Uh, obviously, you'll still be involved heavily with Generate Press and, and what have you. But should this thing take off, which it feels, because it, it kind of feels like it could be a really big deal. You know, this could be like fifty percent of everything that you do. Um, you know, people are not buying Generate Press because it's Generate Press anymore. They're buying Generate Press because of the sites which beautifully bolt onto the, you know, bolt onto it. Um, are you imagining sort of like support burdens and queries and all of those kind of things uh, suddenly moving you in this direction and, and, and using your time up? So in other words, Tom's time is taken up by stuff that Paul invented because Tom's got to field Paul's design things. Well, I already do. Right? <laughs> it's uh, not for Paul specifically, but for everybody else. Yeah. It's kind of the kind of questions we field every single day. Really, not a lot of them are actually generating press options specific. Okay. okay. Right? As they're, they're already going for a certain design and they need to know how to make their navigation tweaked like this or tweaked like that. And we're happy to help with stuff like that. And if the support, if there's more support, it just means that there's more sales and things are healthier and the mm. theme is healthier. So, I mean, I'd be happy to have that that kind of problem. And, and if that and if that does happen, then, you know, we'll just hire more support crew and nice. we'll be good to go. And uh, I imagine because we do try to attribute, well, we do attribute the certain sites to the authors as well. So I assume that they will also get uh, some questions from people. Mm who are who are kind of installing it and yeah. um i'm definitely always going to be involved because no matter what so say like you wanted to create a site pack of of you know a certain amount of sites um those the actual files that would get uh, that would actually get downloaded by the end user those are going to come from my server because i need to make sure that the security is good that you're not importing some bogus javascript some nasty stuff like mm -hmm. like that so all the files get kind of uh they get swept for all kinds of nasty stuff which is definitely not what what we want inside of the generate press ecosystem nope. so everything's definitely going to come through me and to make sure quality is good and that security is good do you um do you have a like a workflow that needs to be adhered to. So it sounds like you're you're giving out all of these files, but is there a is there a sort of structure, um, like a, a a numbered list of things that you need to go through in order to um, enroll in the program, if you like, and then finally build it all and then give it back to you and submit it for approval? Is there a sort of regimented way, or how, how do you yeah. actually build a generate press site? Yeah, there's a there's kind of a process that I'll be making a video on shortly. Okay. I actually tried the other day and I got to the screenshot part and my program broke and I oh. said <laughs> I deleted the whole video and oh, no. but uh but I'll be making a new video. I'll I'll be doing some documentation stuff like like that. There's a there's a you know, once once the actual site is there, the actual creation of uh, the individual files and stuff is only maybe five minutes. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So you would yeah, you would simple. would you pin this on what level of expertise would you say with WordPress you, you would have to have? In other words, could a fairly um, a fairly new person to WordPress who was a brilliant designer um, pull this off relatively easily? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If if they know how to to do you know use the WordPress exporter and click a few buttons here or there or, or just follow through an article and click where it says to click, they'll be able to do it. 
Now, a moment ago, Paul sort of self, slightly self-effacingly said that um, he just woke up to find that he was in a Facebook group. Um, <laughs> but presumably it wasn't a simple falling off a log uh, event. Presumably you have some standing with Paul and you've got you know a high regard for Paul and, and the other members of your community. How did you, how did you come to choose Paul and the other um, people? What, what was it that you, were, you went out looking for when you decided upon them? Paul, it's time to go red. Yeah, they're just people. They're just people that I really respect, and oh. I really like their designs and just their overall demeanors and the way that they conduct yeah. themselves within the various communities that I think we're all a part of. They're just kind of uh, standout, standout people that uh, I was really happy that you know I could work with and they could be a part of it with me. Dare I say it? Has Paul lived up to your expectations? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> and Paul, so has really Tom nice lived up to thinking. your expectations? <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, uh, Tom, Tom is, um, you know, to, to all of us who are absolute, you know, hardcore Generate Press fans, he's kind of like a, you know, like the demigod in Moana or something. You know, we just don't know how he does the things he does. And, um, and it, yeah, it was... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Great film. Yeah. Um, and you know, when uh, you know we were kind of asked to be part of it, you know, that there is an element of, you know, this can't be. We we can't we can't charge for this. This is this is you know, it feels wrong. Tom's like demigod, you know. So he's got to. We just we need to help. I mean, to be honest, it's help. We just wanted to help the cause. And it, much like Tom said, you know, the respect that all of us have got in the community for Tom is is massive. And he's, you know, legendary with his support. But I actually can't vouch for that because I've never needed any support because everything just completely works. Everything he does is so carefully because we've seen we've seen his processes now. You know, we've seen we're not seeing exactly what it looks like when he's sitting there coding and everything. But we've seen. The, um, how meticulous he is about everything and the questions that he's asking us and and um, you know so it's it's just it's just been a, a super honor to be involved really and and yeah Tom's definitely lived up to his his legendary status oh that's such a nice <laughs> well it's a lovely comment from both of you it's nice that Tom's feels that he's picked a a really nice um, well the, the word moral seems to fit beautifully there you know he's, he's picked people who are moral and that he believes are going to do the right thing but also it's quite nice that you've you reciprocate that back with a, a ton of respect Paul oh, totally. for, for something that you know you've, totally. you've been involved with a lot so you've hooked yourself into Generate Press um, and hopefully over time um, QDOS will sort of accrue itself to to you, Paul, for doing this, and I hope it does because you're obviously doing it for um, for, for, for gratis, shall we say, which is very honourable mm-hmm. of you. Um, yeah. Do you, do you both feel therefore that Generate Press? I mean, Tom, goodness knows how I'm going to ask this question without it sounding rude, but I don't want it to. How is Generate Press doing? You know, is, is it is it still growing in the magnificent way it was? Are you still delighted with it? Um, are, there, are there any sort of things that you can tell tell our listeners who haven't used Generate Press to sort of persuade them that you're the you're the theme to be getting on board with? So rude. Uh, no. it is, I think um, I did quite well. Not, <laughs> not. You, you did. 
Um, it's doing amazingly every oh, month. We're great. we're kind of breaking records. Um, things haven't slowed down whatsoever. Things have, especially since the last time we talked. And yeah. I th- I think you asked me, you know, a year from now, where do you want to be? And I said I just want it to kind of keep going, and it's certainly done so. And it has you know doubled and tripled and quadrupled, and it's just uh, it's definitely never been stronger. And I think going forward with WordPress and with Gutenberg and all. All the things that are kind of uh, happening all at once with the WordPress community, um, I see nothing but good things, and we're just gonna keep keep on going stronger and stronger, and we're we're going to adapt. And this is kind of the first step into that. And then once Gutenberg is out, these are gonna be Gutenberg sites, and you know, it's just uh, I'm 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 really excited about where we're going with the entire project and where it's going to end up. You know what? You've said the G word. Now we have to talk yeah. about the G word, which we, yeah. I don't mean we've had a podcast where we haven't said Gutenberg. Oh, I'd say Gutenberg, but um, it feels to me, do, do you know what? It, it felt to me a little time ago, dare I say it, heretical nonsense though it is. It felt to me like with page builders and what have you, that themes were becoming of less importance. And now with things like, um, Gutenberg, it suddenly feels like that has completely spun around um, and you're right on the brink of something really cool again, that themes are suddenly going to be, you know, themes linked with Gutenberg are going to just open up so many wonderful possibilities. What's your, what is your gut reaction to Gutenberg? Um, oh, I like that. I'm going to use that little trope again and again. Uh, what's your <laughs> gut reaction to Gutenberg? Um, and do you, do you feel like that that's going to help um, uh, generate press as time goes on. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I think that it's a step in the right direction. I think people, I mean, obviously with the certain rises of, you know, page builders and stuff like that, people need this. People don't want to use the regular tiny MCE and the regular, what you see is what you get at kind of editors. Mm. They want to actually see what they're like what their actual page is going to look like mm. as they build it. Mm. Um, so it, it's a it's a huge step in the right direction. And actually, like uh, we have generate press sections, um, one yes. of the modules yes. in GP Premium, which was kind of a way to step out of the editor. Mm. Um, and now we're not going to need it, which is awesome. Yeah, it's it's one less thing we're going to have to maintain. And it will work. It will continue to work for people who love using it. But it's not going to be necessary like it was once when we actually created it because Gutenberg gives us that ability to create sections mm. just within WordPress core. And mm. I am a massive fan of WordPress core. And whatever they do that ma- that makes um, stuff that I've done obsolete, that's that's awesome for me. It means I can shift my focus to other things within generate press yeah. and uh i mean i'm i'm really following closely all the work they're doing i'm looking through all kinds of issues and pull requests and everything and i'm keeping close tabs on it and i'm i'm really excited i think they released an update today that i haven't checked out okay yet. but uh but yeah I'm, I'm 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 really excited about it it feels to me like um like it, it's just almost like uh, the dawning of something for a, a theme such as yours um you know suddenly we're going to have this power by default and the theme is going to become of of, of of 
importance again, whereas it felt to me, probably the ecosystem that I dwell in, and Paul, I know, is similar, mm-hmm. felt like page builders had sort of taken that thunder a bit. Um, yeah. And it sort of feels like that's kind of moving back because now the page builder, in inverted commas, is is now in WordPress core. And so we're now, we're now worrying about the theme again. And so generate presses right there. Um, what do you think, Paul? Have you played with Gothenburg much? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you probably, uh, you know, as, as we're friends and stuff, you know that we've had conversations and you probably noticed me panicking about Gothenburg mm. some, some months ago. Mm. Um, and then that's completely turned around for me now. Yep. I'm now just really excited about yep. it. And, um, and actually, my starters, uh, my, well, my GeneratePress sites had... Um, had Gutenberg in there, but it's not yet ready to. I don't know what it was, Tom. It was like it wouldn't import properly or something. So we. Yeah, I have to look at that. Yeah, for now we've kind of took it out, but you know I was um, really excited to kind of put us put put the sites in there with with a, with an example of Gutenberg as a page or a post, and to me now, you know, uh, as you know, I use Beaver Builder and Beaver Fema. Um, I've been playing with pods and beaver fema and beaver builder and generate press all together with gutenberg as well and it does look like an absolutely perfect scenario for um, using something like beaver fema uh, to set your kind of global style with generate press being the, the foundation of that yep and and then having the client able to use something like gutenberg so they can't completely destroy your your design they're just they've got one zone in the page that yep. they have got some good control of so it's yep. particularly good for kind of custom post types and stuff like that and um i'm really excited about where it's going and uh which is a complete u-turn because when when there was a couple of blog posts that came out that were talking about the death of um custom fields and acf and pods and all this stuff i was literally just looking at new solutions and and ready to quit and just you know go and start being a plumber or something i just i didn't i, I didn't know what to do but it, it it just uh it's it's all kind of turned around as these things tend to do the community get involved um feedback comes in and and the tool the tool that is envisioned finds it pl- finds its place which might be different than uh matt's original plan um, or it might be actually exactly what Matt's original plan was, and that we all just got completely uh, overreacted and well, you know, do, do you know, don't I, repeat I, drama. Well, I don't <laughs> know. Don't yeah. Drama. yeah, I don't know that it was. Um, I don't really know what it was, but it wasn't just no. you. There was an awful lot of um, people, some of whom I would um, classify as extremely clever people. Um, we're getting panicked, you know, and they, yeah. and I think there's a, probably a lesson to be learned going forward in this about how to communicate ideas. Um, and, you know, if you're going to do something revolutionary, which, which this kind of is in our little community, um, convey the, the intention, you know, as well as maybe some sort of prototype or mock-up right at the start mm. so that nobody's sort of freaking out. Cause I exactly like you um, exploring all those ACF pods, all those kind of things, and then suddenly thinking, is this even going to work? You know, yeah. am I going to have to rebuild this in a year's time um, from scratch? So, yeah, very pleased that that got there. Were, there were definitely certain things that they could have done better when they announced it. I mean, especially when it comes to custom post types and custom fields, lots of people don't even use the WordPress editor. Yep. So, uh, 
a lot of the time it's just turned off and your entire custom post type is custom fields yep. and everyone went but what what's what? going to happen yeah where are they going to be <laughs> and of course now you install it and if you if you have a custom post type without an editor it's just not there and everything's fine and yep. there were like there was a lot of panic but it was really early and uh, it's still pretty early i think i know yeah. they wanted to get yeah. it out by april but i'm not too sure if that's going to happen but um they kind of put themselves out there with the really early version. And I think that was a lot of the panic that we yes, saw. Yes, I agree. And there was no there was no clarity on where things were going to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. if this function didn't exist, well, there's no room for it. It can't be anywhere. And where are the mm-hmm. bits going to go below or above or what, you know, and the, the drama yeah. went. Yeah, I agree. Maybe there's some, I, I bet there's lessons to be learned just because yeah. the, the email inbox must have been horrific with people <laughs> freaking out. Um, yeah. Well, do you know what? We've managed to talk for about 45 minutes. Um, and I think really um, that's probably as long as we should talk, unless either of you have something dramatically important to tell us both. Um, no, I think nope. I think, uh, think we kind of handled it pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, if that's the case, um, I'd like to thank both of you for coming on again, um, making the time. We're, we're talking in the UK at the moment. It's about quarter past ten at night. So thanks, Paul, for staying up late. And uh, and thanks, Tom. Thank for, you both. Yeah. Thank you both for not making Pleasure. me wake up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think did, yeah, I can't remember if we did that to you last time. But yeah, an absolute yes. pleasure. To have, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, an absolute <laughs> pleasure to have you um, all on. And um, I really hope that as the as the weeks go by, I end up reporting on many, 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 many more times about uh, Generate Press and, of course, in particular, Generate Press sites. Tom, just before we go, is there a is there a particular URL, a slog to to mention where people can find out about this specific aspect of Generate Press? Um, GeneratePress.com, and then in the footer you'll see a development, or I think it's called Change Logs. Now okay. there's a link there, and the most recent one is a post on uh, 1.6, which shows you how uh, how to install it right now. Yep. It is in beta, but um, I'm hoping to get the final version out um, on the 21st, so March 21st. So we're recording this on I... the 14th of March. Um, yeah, we'll probably... so a week from today. Okay, so hopefully by yeah. the time this episode goes out, we'll have a, have a, a more stable uh, way of doing it. Thanks, yeah. Tom, and thanks, Paul. Thanks for coming on the WP Builds podcast. I appreciate it very, very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Today's ending fact is a bit of a nerdy one that I just want to sneak in. Um, And it's to do with memcached. And it's all about the fact that last week or over the last couple of weeks, somewhere in the region of 70 or 80,000 public facing memcache servers, if you like, have been compromised. Well, the fact that they're public public facing shouldn't happen. Um, And it's possible to send packets to these memcache instances and get um, a denial of service reflection attack. And for every for every byte that you put in, you can get 51,000 bytes back out. And it's also possible to spoof the IP. So in effect, what I could do is I could say, um, okay, memcache servers throughout the world that are public facing, I would like some data back from you, please. And can I have 51,000 times the amount that I've asked, that I've sent to you? And could you send it all to wpbuilds.com, please? And it will happily do it. 
And it did over the last few weeks. Um, places like Akamai managed to get on top of it really quickly and shot it down. But for a, a very small amount of time, a, a week or so ago, the internet had 1.7 terabits per second of this bogus traffic. Now, apparently, this level of nonsense traffic circulating on the internet is possible, potential, to, to wipe out the internet. I don't mean wipe it out like for good, but it's it's possible that it could bring down not Google, not Amazon, not Facebook, all of it, the entire, the entire thing. <laughs> so there's my little fact for today. Be careful. And if you've got a server, <laughs> make sure that Memcache isn't public facing. <laughs> How do you know? I mean, it, that's something, it's Memcache, the only thing I know about is it comes free on site ground shared hosting. Um, yeah. So how would you know? Well, it, it, you, you essentially, if you've got your own server, um, you, you should know. And if you're paying for decent hosting, it's not yeah. going to be. And if you think about it, a seventy to 80,000 is not that many machines. Um, yeah. it, presumably, it's people who've set up a server and haven't configured it correctly. Um, and one assumes that these services like Akamai will simply block traffic egressing yeah. from those servers I, I don't really know how it's going to be dealt with but um yeah if you if you don't run your own hosting you've got nothing to worry about but amazing that such a simple little thing can because this could yeah. be a bunch of kids and yes. now it's in the wild who knows when it's next going to happen and take down the entire internet anyway so there you go get your tinfoil hats out <laughs> and uh, go and live in a bunker somewhere uh, yes. because the internet's doomed no of course it's not <laughs> We all love the internet, and I'm sure this will be figured out in time. Right. Have you got anything yes. to add to that, David? Nothing. No, good. <laughs> in which case, we will say goodbye, sayonara, au revoir, from the WP Builds podcast, and we'll see you on the next one. I am Nathan Wrigley. And I'm David Pumsley. Bye-bye. Cheesy music coming in. Goodbye. Goodbye.